Ming. Almighty God, this is your day, so be it. You have so ordained that we be here together. And thank you for that, O oh Lord. We need your fellowship. We need fellowship with each other. May the words that I bring, speak bring you praise, O oh God, and never, never shame. Enlighten our minds, soften our hearts, and unite us that we might live out your word in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. The movie Soul Food is about the struggles of an African-American family, the ups and downs. Through the week, they might fuss, they might fight, they might argue. But on Sundays, they came together for a wonderful, spectacular soul food feast. And it was a part of their life, rich, lifetime ritual. They did it every Sunday. One of my favorite uh, uh, movie series is Blue Bloods. And that family also on Sunday, they come together to break bread. There's something special about families and fellowship. Uh, I remember living in Chicago and men would uh, watch ball games on Saturdays and women would be in the kitchen chatting or talking. When I moved south <laughs> on Sundays, we'd go from porch, <clears throat> excuse me, porch to porch sharing wisdom and the kids would play and people would share wisdom. They put an old rag in a, in a bucket, light it on fire to keep the mosquitoes away. True fellowship, what it means, our souls hunger to be with somebody else. We hunger for fellowship. In the text, Jesus teaches us so well what real fellowship means. He's there, he touches the needy, he heals people talks to the babies, talks to the elders. And when his, his ambassadors, the disciples, think it's time to eat, they want to send folk away. It, it reminds me of a, a stereotype about living in the city. My grandparents would say that you go to the city and folk would give you anything you wanted to drink, but when they went to eat, they'd slip off and eat by themselves. I think there was a stereotype, it might have been true in some cases. But we normally, uh, as Christian folk, we like to break bread together. In, in, in the text, when the disciples said, send them away, Jesus said, no, I'm not just going to meet their uh, uh, spiritual needs. I'm going to meet their physical needs. And he said, all we got is two fish. I mean, I mean and five loaves of bread, which meant, really mean they had, meant they had a can of sardines and a few crackers is basically what it meant. But Jesus said, no, we'll have enough. And when Jesus says, you got enough, you got enough. The disciples had to look at him like he was just out of his mind. How can we feed 5,000 plus on that bit of food? And yet they were able to do it because Jesus, his love, his power magnifies everything that we got. And it makes us whole again. And the disciples sat there feasting. And at the end, they collected food to be taken away. I firmly believe that fellowship is Christian fellowship has certain uh, rules of engagement, how we encounter one another, how we treat one another. <clears throat> Christian fellowship sets the rules in place. In Christian fellowship, everybody's equal. In Christian fellowship, it doesn't matter if you have 10 PhDs or you 
collect garbage for a living. In Christian fellowship, everybody's welcome at the table and everybody's celebrated at the table and every job has special meaning. Nobody gets put down. African-American folk have taught the world, I think about special needs children. I can think about all my special needs relatives and special needs families and how we don't put families away. We don't put children away in, unless there's just special needs that we can't handle. We always keep them at home and we love them. We make them feel special. We don't talk about, we don't make uh, jokes and, and we don't say ugly things about spe special needs kids because we know special needs children are also a gift from God that teach us many things. If you've been loved by a special needs child, you have truly, truly been loved. We need fellowship, it's food for our souls. And we need to understand in the rules of engagement, fellowship must always, Christian fellowship must always be positive. 5,000 sitting down there, no fights broke out. Nobody had an ice pick, nobody had a butcher knife, nobody had a gun, nobody had anything detrimental. That's true Christian fellowship. We're there together, loving and caring for one another. The disciples sat there. They were able to do what they did primarily because they first listened to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If we're not listening to Jesus Christ, our behavior, we behave in all kinds of sorts of odd and contrary ways. If we are not listening to Jesus Christ when we come to the table, we don't bring anything. If we're not listening to Jesus Christ when we come to the table, we want to argue. We want to put somebody down. We want to see how somebody's dressed. We want to talk about the superficial things. But when we are in fellowship with Jesus Christ, none of that stuff matters. What really matters, what really truly matters is the soul of the person that we're relating to. In Christian fellowship, it's important that we hear the stories of all, all God's children. In Christian fellowship, when we come to the table, you ever realize that at a family reunion, it doesn't matter if Joe has been selling drugs and been in jail, or Janie has been had ups and downs, been married 20 times. Doesn't matter what negative is going on in a person's life. We celebrate the person for not what they were or what they are, but what they can become. And Christian Fellowship says on a daily basis, keep it positive, Roger. Keep it positive, Cynthia. Keep it positive, Jones. Keep it positive, Mayo. Keep it positive. Keep looking up and trusting and believing. Christian Fellowship says, have joy like our kid in church who was singing this morning. Have that kind of joy, have that kind of pep, have that kind of passion for living. Christian fellowship says that we will sit down together, we'll break bread together, and we're gonna make sure everybody has something to eat. In the good old days of Christian fellowship, when church was over on Sunday, we made sure that our seniors who were living by themselves didn't eat alone. You know, I, I imagine, I talked to one of my friends uh, uh, in, in the Midwest and we said, we, don't, we just don't think about the things we used to do anymore. We've got so many things on our plates and now we forget that there are some people who go home or have to go home and eat by themselves. We forget that some folk ha don't have children to spend Christmas with. We just simply forget. The Christian fellowship says my antenna, they're always up and open for a way for me to show what true Christian fellowship is. In the good old days of Christian fellowship, we celebrated one. We always invited somebody for Sunday dinner. I dare say, me included, 
you can't count five people you've invited to death for dinner in the last five years that ain't your kidding folk. And there's something wrong with that picture. Something ultimately wrong with that picture because we desperately need fellowship. We need one another. And Christian fellowship says that we are listening to each other's stories. I'm amazed that when we some of the worst people that we can ever think about, when we unravel their stories and see their scar tissue, we understand that there is a reason for their behavior. And the church is one good place where fellowship can turn it around. You got wonderful stories about people who, who had awful lives before the church found them and touched them and made them whole. Story about a preacher who uh, stopped by the church and noticed that somebody had broken in the church. And he looked down in the basement and little kids were shooting pool and some were playing basketball. They broke in the church to have some fun. Normally, what would you do? Call the police, drag the kids out to jail. He came in, called them, and said, you better be back here on Monday. I know who, who you are, come back Monday. On Monday, he came back, he said, since you're breaking into church and ruining our locks, here is a key. Whenever you want to play basketball, whenever you want to uh, uh, shoot pool, you come in and do that. That's fellowship. Seeing a need. Fellowship is not calling the law. Fellowship is not putting razor wire around, or putting $20,000 with a razor wire around a $100 bus to keep it safe. Fellowship says that people have more value than stuff. That's what Christian fellowship means. Christian fellowship means that our family is extended. Everybody sitting down there, that 5,000 folk, they didn't know everybody. But at the end of the day, they valued everybody. At the end of the day, they were there because Jesus wanted them there. And I tell you, when you sense that power from Jesus Christ and that kind of love, you got to be like the choir this morning. You got to just, would you look at the faces of the choir, the passion of the choir? And what I would say to our congregation, keep that passion flowing, keep it going. It's not just a Sunday thing or, or Monday thing, it's a lifetime thing of journeying with passion and living your life with passion, knowing that you're in fellowship with folk, knowing that you're just looking for somebody to hug and somebody to embrace, somebody to be with. That's what Christian fellowship must mean. That's what Christian fellowship is. You keep it positive. There are no negatives, nobody to put down. You trust and believe that the, today may be a good day, but tomorrow can be better because we are in fellowship. We hunger for it. That's why people hang around after church and talk and, and, and laugh and tease one another because we need that fellowship. When, when somebody passes away, it's not just the food that you bring to the wake, it's the, it's the coming together to say that we're gonna be here with you till the last tear is dropped. We're gonna be here till the last pain it's gone. We're going to be here with you. We didn't just come to bring lima beans. We didn't just come to bring a chocolate cake. We came to bring love. We came to bring love. And unfortunately, the death angel touches all of us. And we're going to need that love. We're going to need it. As we get older and our time gets shorter, we realize they got more water behind us than we have in front of us. But guess what? The joy is knowing that you're not traveling alone. The joy is knowing that when I'm sitting in the waiting room at the hospital, I'm not going to sit there by myself. Somebody's going to be with me. Somebody's going to cry with me. Somebody's going to say, I believe and trust that things can get better.
That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is not putting down anybody. Fellowship is not making excuses for what you don't do. And fellowship is certainly not taking over where God should be. Sometimes we want to get in front of God and make all kinds of excuses for not doing what God wants us to do. As I've said before, don't make excuses, just don't do it. Because we know what God has called us to do. There's no excuse in the world for not doing what God wants us to do. Ultimately, when you understand Christian fellowship and it becomes a part of your psyche, then every day is a holiday. <laughs> every day is Christmas. Every day is a celebration. Every day is joy because there's some baby that you can hug, some senior citizen that you can give a word of comfort to, some down and depressed person that you can lift up because you're not just carrying your name or your banner or the church sign, you're carrying the cross. You have the full weight of the cross and the man who climbed down from the cross have the full weight of all that around you. Know and feel love. Fellowship makes us know and feel love. Even when I bring my bad food to the, to the table at, at soul food time, people still love me. Even when they know I can't cook and they, and they know my ribs are tough and, 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 and ain't no meat on them, they still go love me. Knowing that when I bring it, <laughs> praise be to God who we are and whose we are. I tell many of you this story that when I was in college, uh, I seemed to always be hungry. And uh, we came up with all kinds of wonderful methods of finding some food. And so my brother and I devised this plan during uh, the, the fall and spring mainly, let's start going to family reunions. They, they'll never know that who, we're not kin to them. And so we devised this plan, we organized, we got, put our gas money together. We travel all, probably about 150 mile radius from the college. When we looked in the newspaper and saw a reunion and saw that the folk might be look like us, we traveled and went to reunions and we had a ball. And we leave there and they said, people, who, whose child was that? I think it was Buck's child, was it Bo's child? Who was that? And we would bring food home and we had a ball. And my brother came into the door one evening and he was in tears. He said, Raj, they got, a, they got the menu in the, in, in the newspaper, man. They got all this food. And it's about 90 miles away and said, we can get there. So we said, this is the day, day, day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So we got ourselves together and drove and we drove and we drove out to this field. And I thought, something ain't right here and got out there and these were not our cousins. A Frisbee just froze in midair when we got there. It was like everybody just got stuck in time. And a little freckle-faced white boy came up to us and said, Mr. Y'all kidding us? And I thought, Lord have mercy. My mama told me not to come. <laughs> this is the day we're gonna die. Surrounded by white folks, dogs jumping around, everybody just looking at us like we're crazy. And then this huge man who looked like a bad version of Abraham Lincoln, so his feet had to be 16, he had to have shoes 16, at least a size 16, came marching toward us. And I just said, yeah, we did. And I didn't remember telling my mama I loved her. We gone. He came up and he opened his arms and he said, welcome. 
and like thunder, sounded like God himself. And they brought us to their table. We laughed, we talked, we played sports with them. And they made us, I've never seen anything like it. Now this is the early 70s. It wasn't supposed to be like that. But because this man evidently was a Christian man, the head of the clan, understood what fellowship meant, brought us to the table and when we got ready to leave, we had tons of stuff and food to take back to the college. And it taught us about what real fellowship, it doesn't matter what your race is, what your economic condition is, when people come to your table, they're welcome and embraced. And it taught us the value of who we are as children of God and it made us feel valued and welcome. That's what Christian fellowship does for you. Even for scheming college kids, it makes you feel welcome. The world is ugly sometimes, but there's more, much more beauty in the world than ugliness. Much, many more good people than bad people. And I'm telling you, understand the value of true Christian fellowship. Know how much we need one another. Know how much you seek one another. Brother Marlon gets on my last nerve, but when I don't see him during the week, it, I'm looking for him. There are people who get who get on your last nerve <laughs> that you know you love and you can't live without. That's what true fellowship is. Knowing who we are and knowing whose we are and having those relationships that you build on and you build on. If I hear another word about Booker T. Washington, I'm gonna kill him. But God is good, God is real, and God is who we are. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As we break bread today, we're having fellowship with the master. As we break bread today, we're having fellowship with each other. As we break bread to together, we understand the value of what it means to be in God's family. And I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, for those who have been listening, we offer them a chance to become a part of your fellowship. So God, there are ways that we have listed online of how they can get in touch with us or how they can be involved and seek further guidance and direction as part of the family of God. For those who are not leaving us on Facebook, those persons can witness and give their desire to be a part of our family during our glory sightings. But we don't want anybody to miss a chance. There's also my number online uh, for them to call for counseling or just to say, Reverend, I'd like to be a part of the family of God. So we want to embrace all of our listeners and give thanks to God for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.